What do you mean by shit? As in, like the races, some of the the losses, some of the winners. What are we talking about? We're gonna have to talk about the races, but I mean more the you know the B word, Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were just gonna steer clear of any sort of sport chat. I tried to like steer any sort of small talk conversations at work around it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy. I'm just yeah, I'm happy to brush it. Let's just yeah, let <laughs> let it let it be because it wasn't it wasn't great. And that's that's all we need to that's all we need to say. Yeah, I've I've been giving people nothing uh, all week about that to be honest. I love that. Play cold blooded um, with it. Yeah, I mean the most I've said is telling someone to get fucked. Yeah, and particularly if they're a Panther supporter or a yeah. Collingwood supporter. I haven't run into any Panthers supporters, but just people just being smart asses, you know? Yeah. Just like, mate, let me grieve. Simple as that. Just, yeah, we won't go into it, but just to have it just in the palm of your hand and slide away is, it's worse than losing dirty nil. It is. It is. And then I still sit back and just kills me. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, um good. So yeah, last weekend, forty what forty eight point three units out and fifty one point three units in. So yeah, we had uh we broke pretty much broke even for the day, and we've we bet on what Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and then into Sunday morning when we had a crack at Longchamp as well for the after triumph. So we outlet a lot of <coughs> outlet a lot of units. It took the last meeting of the weekend for us to actually make back. A lot of our units, but it's all that matters. We huge, broke even. Huge weekend of punting, really, on everything. Yeah, I know, and I know that a couple of those ones I got wrong at Mooney Valley. Like I know we spoke about Amelia's Jewel being vulnerable. That ride from Jay, Damien um, Damien Lane was just phenomenal. Mm. Imperatriz is the best sprinter in the world. Yeah, that is That's just great. evidence, and I think you look at those figures that she put up again. She's going to be more effective at 1,200 metres. So whatever she's in, going next. I think ruled out the Everest today because all the slots have been taken up. But anything, wherever she goes, she just wins because that turn of foot that she just showed again on Friday night was just electric, wasn't it? I don't think I've ever seen – I honestly don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. No. I don't know if I might be being dramatic. I don't know. But when I like seeing the last, seeing it those last two times at the valley, it has absolutely blown me away. Like, I know, like, you probably like it was Chautauqua esque, but that was more impressive than what Chautauqua has done at the valley or um, that I've, or what I've ever seen before. That was just freakish. So yeah. I think she's got the manicata wrapped around her little finger. Um, if she chooses to go down the champion sprint route in Melbourne, down the straight, as long as she handles the straight, her big turf, which is going to overpower anything. So she's just awesome. Simple as that. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see her down the straight. Um, yeah. 
Asfura was really good in that run too. Asfura was enormous. I think Uncommon James is really good. It's just they've just run into an absolute superstar. Like, she's A1 sprinting, and these guys are kind of your BB-plus sprinters in Australia. Like, they'll be very competitive in a lot of your handicap group ones, and they might even step up a weight for age, but they probably won't win you one. But she's just proper, simple as that. Yeah, the, the Kiwis can really breed some good horses, can't they? I think this is the best horse Tiako's ever had. Yeah. And I know they've had Melody Bell. They've had, um, what was his name, Tiako Shark. Like, they've had some good horses that have come over here and really performed. But I just think looking at her, what she's produced this prep is, like, world class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree, man. I, I just can't. I just can't. It's just one of those ones you just want to – you just really can't wait to see race again, you know? 100%. Um, so there's absolutely, before we go off, there's absolutely no chance they take an Everest slot? No, because all, the, all of them are taken up now. So Alcohol Free, who's an absolute just shit-ass horse, um, has taken the Yulong slot. Um, Chris Waller's given it to Espiona. And Coolmore, like we said, is going to give it to Shinzo. So three numbers really for me. Uh, okay. Espiona. Yeah. A 1,400-meter mile horse. Question marks over it. But, again, I'm not going to question it because Chris Wallace won two Everest with his slot. So he knows what he's doing. Um, but I, I just don't – I think she'll be outclassed, particularly over 1,200 meters. Can you think of another runner he'd have that you'd put in there instead? I don't know over here. <sighs> Out of his – 500 makes it kind of hard to pick doesn't it it does like shinzo's a 1200 meter horse i'm just trying to think of his youngsters that he's got um could you well could you throw in a militarized high pressure race big finish on him in the lot at the lightweights maybe obviously we know that he's more effective probably over the mild 2000 but he showed first up in that run to the rose that he's still got fresh legs in him yeah um i'm just trying to think of else Chris Waller really ha- he really doesn't have any sprinters anymore since Nature Strip. He's got more than milers, as as you can see. He had all what first three across the line in in the Epsom. Yeah, true. Right. So uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe we're probably looking for a three year old, maybe. But I think the Espiona might be the only actual one that potentially could. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get in. Let's get into it. Let's um back to Mooney Valley on Friday night. So I am war. Uh, no. Wow. God, that was a, it was a horror watch. So I waited for the drift, got 40, 40 bucks and eight bucks to place for it. Jumped really well to sit behind the speed. Jamie Mott hit the gap. We hit the lead with about 100 metres to go. And then I was just watching, watching. And then Blake Shin just does this absolute piece on ranting. He probably hasn't won for about 500 days. Oh, yeah. And How? knocks knocks us off up inside by the barest margins, and there's me thinking this is probably going to set up the night, and it didn't. Yeah, oh, I, I, there was a few of us the same. Um, to see ranting of all horses come through and knock it off, I just couldn't I believe how unlucky we were. I know, and then, but when I looked at the jockey, I was like, oh, Shin can't ride anything. He's right, he's riding everything past the line at the moment, so. Didn't surprise me that it was his mount that knocked us off, but we did take the plates and we did recommend the obviously one by four, thank God. But oh, yeah. 
God, it would have been nice to take a bit of that 40 to 1. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, a win nonetheless, though. Uh, a Verdad? Yeah, Verdad. So we remember we had that um, – it was coming off a really good debut run. Yeah. So we backed it. I think what we would, we put out three and a half units, I think, you and I backed it for. I think so. Um, it was it was a brilliant ride. Couldn't fault it from Bo Mertens. It was just simply that Griff was given an absolute peach by Mark Zara and mm. and um, got the better run. We were finishing so strongly. So I think the horse has gone from maiden grade to running 0.3 of a length from group two. I think stepping up in trip, I think it's going to be a really, really good horse. So he's by Justify who – was I think he won the triple crown over in America. Yeah. So arguably you think he's going to be probably more effective over two thousand meters. So I'm going to keep him in the black book just because I think he could be a freak. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. Um now we've already touched on Imperators and Amelia's Jewel. Yeah. Now interesting with Amelia's Jewel, she's going to the Turak handicap. Okay. And they still haven't decided whether they're going to do the Golden Eagle or um or the Cox Plate. So they're kind of keeping her plant, her prep really under wraps. Now, what's interesting is she'll be facing Antino in the Turak and the, and the Inevitable. Mm. And the likelihood is she'll probably, because of the, the way the Turak is a handicap, she'll likely carry top weight around 58 kilos and she'll probably, and I think Antino's going to drop back to maybe 54 from recollection or around that figure. So she's going to be conceding weight to him. He's going to be more effective up in trip after we watched him on Sunday. It could be a really juicy contest to watch. I think just judging by her versatility from the first two runs, I think she'll win the race, but it's going to be a good watch. And then you've got the inevitable who was just so unlucky in that Epsom and he's going to add a bit of juice in there as well. Yeah. I, um, I think I think I'd like to see. Oh God, it's it must be hard for them to not want to go win the Cox Plate, really, does wouldn't it? Well, you got to remember, like she's four years old, so there's a lot of like four year old races that she can target. So things like the Golden Eagle and those sorts of things, which are worth five yeah. million bucks. Yeah, like she's a four year old mare who is on the rise. What's stopping her doing a Cox Plate next year when she's matured even more? And then the likelihood that she's going to stretch out in trip. Yeah. I'd, uh, so I'd I, prefer to, I'd, if I owned her, I'd prefer to prefer in the Golden Eagle, I think. So would I. And the only thing that I wish would happen would be they adjust where the Golden Eagle is in the racing calendar. Because I would love to see a couple of those four-year-olds in that Golden Eagle go from it into the Cox Plate because I think it would really make it a big race. Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah. But it's, it's obviously the... It's just racing Victoria versus racing New South Wales and who's got the bigger prize money in racing New South Wales. Obviously, he's winning that at the moment. Yeah, they're both fantastic, though. Yeah. Um, so, Randwick, State of America, beaten, bad ride. Actually went around today as well and ran second. Did you see the ride again? Yeah, yeah. Really, now, jerked was... it, really jerked it back to the inside, probably killed its momentum a bit. Yeah, and also the horse sweated up like it was melting in the mounting yard. Quick so, up. What were they doing? Did they want they wanted some money before they? Maybe I don't know. Well, they were going for an easy kill. I don't know. It was a weird placement. Um, obviously, a dollar sixty five is a bit short for me to take about a horse that at Gosford, which is naturally one of those tracks which may favours those more on paces. Um, 
So yeah, weird, weird race, weird race on on the weekend, weird placement today. It's like they wanted a little win to pay for its spell or something like that. I don't know. It, honestly, even that might be it. They're just chasing that win because it's been a moral beat in the last two starts, and today it was probably deserved to lose. But um, yeah, it's it's been a weird prep for for David Payne because I think the horse has immense ability. It's mm. just his placement hasn't been great. Yeah, and he's been marred by bad rides. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, early season two-year-olds, yeah, they are definitely don't bet races, aren't they? Hugely. Now, we obviously made big pushes for some of the horses that I really liked in the trials, and half of them flopped. Yeah. Trial trial form does not necessarily transfer to actual race day form with pressures, heat, other horses. Like, yeah. they're just simply, they're no betting proposition. Like, I know people that took dollar eighty in multis for Scampi, and I think oh. their horse ran dead last. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyone who's doing that is insane. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. So I had a laugh that with that. Um, obviously, I didn't bet into the race, but it was, yeah, it was good to watch them. A couple of them really stepped up. I know Prost, who was a horse I really potted, I thought it was really laboring in a trial, and it, it ran really, really well. Yeah. But it's so interesting how much the golden slipper markets have, like, um, change like Scampy was seventeen dollar favorite, I think, for Golden Slipper going to this race, and now he's out to one hundred and one. Oh wow! So they, these markets are just going to just as they start to roll round. Like you'll see some more horses go around this weekend at Flemington. These two year olds, the markets are just going to go up and down. Yep. So unless you've got a real in the know with a particular horse, just sit back or just put a dollar on everything at one hundred and one and play it. One gets up. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Randwick was up and in. Um, yeah, he played tough. what Roseville normally does. So I feel like he, 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 because of the day it was where it was a good three, I think the times reflected, it was just up and he was just playing really, really fast. And horses were struggling to run on. I think outside of um, Airman in the last, who I think is just a group class horse moving forward, um, not many horses came from back and ran on to, to feature in the finish. I know Kovalika was enormous, um, as was the inevitable in the Epsom, and they were beaten by that track pattern, as was Hawaii 5-0. But he kind of had the benefit of having a small field, so he didn't really have to go around a heap of horses. Yeah, it was um, it was a bit of a bloodbath trying to bet there on Saturday. Yeah, I um, thank God we only what, what we only had the bet of Altivo and and think about it. Um, think about it, it's safe as houses. Isn't he? In it was a really good ride from from Clippo. He sat behind that speed. Um got the got the gap at the right time. Obviously we know that he's underdone and he won't be peaking until two weeks' time in the Everest. Yeah. So he was vulnerable there. But when you look at it, he was safe as houses and I think he's rightly favourite for that Everest in two weeks' time. Yeah, he is another one that I think is just probably one of the best racehorses in the world at the moment. Hawaii yeah, 5-0, huge run too. Like, I think... Massive. Uh, it was a Nash special. Yeah. Watch out. Watch, out, watch out for him, though. That's, things come back good. Oh, 100%. And I, but I, the thing with that horse, I think it's going to be perfect for him in this Everest because it's going to be a high-pressure race. But I think he's more a 1,400-meter mile horse. So I'm really excited to see what Gay and Adrian have um, for the future of this horse. So I remember – so you have a funny thing about this. I remember watching a trial for this horse when I think it was with one of the Freedmans, 
and I got a I got an inkling. Well, I got told that it was a really good horse, and I backed it at a dollar seventy at Wyong one day with Nash on board. Wobbled around and won by about point one of a length, and I thought, what are these guys on about? Didn't back it. Um, after that, kept not. It didn't really race well. Didn't race well. Didn't race. And then it came to that Hawkesbury Guineas. Got backed in for about eight bucks to four bucks, and then it rocketed home, and that's when it started favourite for the Stradbroke. Yeah, yep. So yeah, it's it's a. I think it's a very good horse, and I think the transfer to Gay and Adrian is certainly they've found the best in this horse, and look at it, it's in it's in a fifteen million dollar Everest. Yeah, I think I got like three or four dollars about. What did I get? Maybe four dollars or something about think about it in that Stradbroke. Yeah, and I just remember thinking. This is probably going to be the last time I'll ever get half decent odds for this thing. Yeah, so unless the course it steps up in a weight for age Group One like the Everest or a weight for age elite race, top line race. What do you think it'll start in the Everest? Bring around the eight buck mark or thereabouts because it's it's it is going to lose. Um, it's going to lose Nash. Nash is going to be riding. Oh, who did he Wait, we're talking about. Think about it. Yeah. Oh, you talking think about it or Hawaii yeah, Five O? Think about it. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to say because the Everest, like, I think you'll start around the four to five dollar mark. Um, I think Barrier Draw will be very integral with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's versatile, which is a great thing. But does he have the turn of foot of uh, I wish I win? Maybe not. So I think he can draw to sit just behind Overpass. I think he'll give him a good shot. Um, I'd be. I wouldn't even be bothering getting on now because the slots are locked in. It's only those big dick players that are playing around and you'll find that that market will kind of stabilise come race day anyway. Yeah, I think uh, what he does have that a lot of these other horses don't is just a big ticker. Oh, he loves to win. He arguably should be undefeated. Yeah. He he pretty much right. is to me. I think he's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to take him in this Everest too, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not going to talk you out of that. Um, but anyway, we could. Yeah, we won't get stuck on him. Uh, Redner. Yeah, so we made the case. I think I said there was what three or four winning chance. I said there's five winning chances. Sorry, in the Everest. I'm um, sorry, in the Epsom. Redner, Kovalika, uh, my over on the inevitable, and it was one other. Is there any other? Democracy manifest. Yeah. So. Oh, hope in your heart. Sorry, not Democracy Manifest. Um, and the top two horses ran the Quinoa. Um, Golden Mile had an absolute peach from um, Blake Shin. Horse literally, he couldn't have done anything better for it. The horse just didn't see out the 1600. Redner was just given a peach by a calf. Came up the inside, was drawn really nicely, and Kovalika was beaten by the track pattern. So I think you can forgive Kovalika, and I think it's heading now to... I think it's heading to a 1,600-metre race at Randwick before it does the Golden Eagle, which is interesting because they're keeping it at 1,500 metres, and then whether or not they're going to have a crack at, say, a Cox Plate, a Caulfield Cup, or a, um, or a Melbourne Cup even. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, keen on following that. That was a huge run. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's in for a big prep, and I think if it can keep K-Mac off it and keep Joe Moreira or J-Mac or one of those elite riders on, I think it's going yeah, to be a great chance wherever it goes. He can't, K-Mac can't get the ride on that thing over there, surely. Not anymore. Hope not. Um, now, just fine. Gifted the race. You think not a chance in the spring free features? 
Yeah, I think when we talk about the track pattern, it was given an absolute pearler of, of a ride from Rachel King. It had the lightweight, um, sat behind Spirit Ridge. It couldn't even get past Spirit Ridge until that final few yeah, strides. Yeah, God, it had to work for it. It was oh. gifted that race. Um, so I just, I, I don't want to follow it going up in into bigger races and that was what we that was one of the weakest metropolitans i've ever seen so i still stand by my comments about that horse i think i don't think it'll see out a strongly run 2400 meters particularly one of those ones in melbourne with a bit more pressure um so i'm, I'm happy to say i think I've, I've i've got that horse covered yeah so uh we've already spoke about airman yeah being group class uh sandown now antino and here to shock running the quinella right and Sandown Stakes, or Sandown Guineas, I think it's Sandown Stakes. Um, really good. Antino's looking for more trip. Here to shock. Back at anywhere next start. I think it's going to be a really good chance if if it stays in this kind of grade. So Very I don't want to step in. Oh, isn't it? It just you just know where it's going to end up on the trip, and you know it's going to run a, a strong strong race for you. Yeah. Uh, Aberfeldy was boy was disappointing. You would say. Oh shit! So shit! After doing so well first up, um, I thought the horse was a great bet. I think it ran last. It didn't wasn't given the best of rides by Jai, but that wasn't the reason for it failing. Um, forgot you loomed like it was going to win by about ten lengths, and then mm. something happened, and it ain't no deal done. Just went over the top of them. So I think we can forget that race. I've removed Aberfeldy boy from. From the black book, watch it come out oh, next up and probably in me. <laughs> yep, yep, you've given it the sack. Yeah, give it the sack. We'll come back to get you now. Reinberg, that was uh, that was a tough showing as well. Enough, another tough win from him. He just does all the right things. He jumps well. He sits behind the speed. He can lead or he can take a sit. And he's just a um, just a bulldog to the line, isn't he? Yeah, he's a lovely little one for the get out stakes. Wasn't he? Yeah, and he, I think, blew out. Like, I think I took around four, four bucks, 420, I think, about 15 minutes before the race. Yeah, I think I might have got about four as well. Yeah, so I was stoked. Um, now, Melbourne Cup International's rolling in. Yeah, so a lot of them are starting to roll in off the off the flight. So it's looking pretty exciting for it um, coming in now. Like, West Wind Blows, I think, who's... Caulfield Cup favourite runs this weekend in the Turnbull. Um, another power, Willie Mullins horses rolling in. But Bond, your mate's here. He's passed all his um, vet checks and everything like that. Yep, the Tower of London, which was one of the touted by um, Aidan O'Brien as being one of his horses, is no longer coming. Okay. So he's not coming. But, yeah, it's good to see that the horses are coming over here now. They're landing safely. They're settling into Werribee, which I still think is a piece of shit. Um, centre and track, but they're settling in nicely, so it's exciting. So, Verborn is into 450 in the futures for the Cup? Yeah, because he's passed all his vet tests, so it's not like there's no risk there now. He's going to go into that race first up, so unless he has some sort of track mishap. First he'll up, he's going to go favorite. into it, is he? What, sorry? You said he's going to go into it first up. I think he'll go into it first up, so unless he has some sort of mishap in training, yep. he'll probably start favourite, and I'm not surprised. Uh, now just fine. That is six dollars fifty. What do you think about that? Are you kidding me? Is it six dollars <laughs> fifty second favorite? Open fifty ones. It's into six fifty second favorite. It's got to run another eight hundred meters. 
The horse has no hope. Who the fuck after that last run would be thinking that? I've obviously I get, like, crunched it, it. Oh, it's like, I just don't get that. All right, so we've got that. What's no. next? Who's after just fine? Um, Solcom. Yeah, I get that. And then Breakup? Yep, so Breakup's a Japanese horse. Okay. He's landed as well. Two Miler? Yep, another UK horse. Oh, no, sorry, Two Miler. It Breakup's a two, Japanese Two Miler, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's won, um, oh, what's it? What's it? There's a Japanese race that he's won. He's He'll, he'll be a good chance if we get a, a bone-dry deck. Yeah, okay. And then Francisco Gardi. Good chance to going around this weekend. Yep, twelve bucks. Um, absurd. I haven't heard of that one. Absurd. He's a UK horse. He's don't know much about it. I haven't looked into their the all of them yet. Francesco Gardi's going around where this weekend? This weekend at Flemington. Well, should we get into that? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. We're we're rambling. Yep. Okay. Cool. So. Flemington. Good segue. <laughs> Flemington, what um, have you got? Rail weather so the, pattern? So the rail's at nine metres, so the traditional stats for the last, what, 20, 20 meetings I looked at, 44% leader, 24% midfield, 32% back marker. So we're looking at fair racing. So I went back and looked at the last three meetings, which were in 2021, and there was two days where the leaders kind of won the majority of the races and then one day with the back markers. So... Flemington being Flemington, best training track in Australia. Um, it's going to play fairly. Okay. So uh, weather-wise, there was five mils today. Um, they're probably going to get a little bit tomorrow, but there's no rain on Friday. So the chances that we'll probably maybe start on a soft five, but I think we'll get into the good range if we do get that sunlight. All right, cool. I love it. I love it when I see Flemington pop up for the weekend. It um, just makes life so much better. Oh, it does. So race four, Flemington. The Edward race for Flemington. Edward Manifold Stakes. Yep. So this is a three-year-old race. Um, set weights for the for the fillies. Now a lot of these horses will then leapfrog up to two thousand meters after this race, and then onto the Oaks most likely. So you see probably a couple of these horses um, probably heading in that direction. So look, excuse me. Look for horses that are running on here, or horses you would think will probably get up in trip and. Put them in your black book for the Oaks. No, Dutchie, we've already got that one in the black book, don't we? We do, and we also have Subrising there at number nine. Right, and Damien Lane on a Dutchie, I like that. Yeah, so this is a good race I've got. Now, Grinzinger Bell is also running, um, I think, at the Valley on Friday night. So let's wait and see if the horse runs here or or, or at the Valley. Um, it's 200 to one here. Um I think it'll lead from um, tighter. I think it is T-I-E-T-R with legacies kind of working over from barrier 14. So a touch on market order. So I thought legacies was quite shit out last start in that Exford play. Yeah, kind of loomed up. It was like, I think how many pro betters, uh, pro punters had it as, as their best bet for the weekend. Yeah. Loomed up. Yeah, it loomed up. Didn't really do a great deal. Like, Nodashi accounted for it very, very easily. Um, and the wide barrier is another thing. Like, is the horse going to do too much work from barrier 14, be cast wide? I just I just don't like the horse, and I don't think it deserves to be 350. No, neither. So there's that. 
Um, Poifect, um, the market loved this horse last start. So I think it started around about the four buck mark after its maiden win, but then it opened around the eight buck mark. So it really got, um, really got, I guess, market support. Now I can understand why she's six buck in this market because um, she was probably going to appreciate after that Exford plate, the, I oh, sorry, the Jim Maloney. Um, she'll probably appreciate getting out to the mile, particularly being by uh, Piero. Yeah. Um, again, barriers a bit sticky for her. For her though, it's like where she's going to end up in run. Is she going to get jagged back with this speed map, or is she going to be um, uh, kind of roll forward and try and take a position? I'm not sure because with the speed, the speed drawn inside is Grinzinger Bell, Aprilia. Tider, which I spoke about, no dashy. And then you've got the ones from the wider alleys also kicking up, like like Legacy's Amazonian Lass and, and Bissellina, uh, I think it is. So where it gets in the map is quite quite funny. Now, obviously, we know Flemington huge straight, gives opportunities, and the horse will be out wider likely. It won't be on in on the rails. So that's probably not a, a worrying sign for us. Yeah, now I really like Nadachi's chances in this. Yeah, so Nadashi was really, really good in that um, Exford plate. Was it Exford plate? Yeah, it was the Exford plate, which was won by Griff. Yep. Now, we know Griff has come out and beaten um, our girl in, in Vidad. No, girl or boy, I can't remember. But our, our beaten Nadad last start. Now, there wasn't much separating them between first and, and fifth in that race. You had Griff winning. You had Surprise coming running second. King of Fighters third. Nadashi and then Mohab Desert also running within a one one length of the winner. Now, I thought Nadashi was really good and, and battled on really nicely the line. So I think the horse will take a lot of benefit from that run. And I think the step up to the mile, drawn quite nicely to kind of come across with legacies. Um, I think the horse is a great chance. Yeah, I uh, I'm getting nine fifty and three ten. I'm going to be having a crack at that. I reckon. Have a little crack, yeah. Well, let's see. And obviously, Damien Lane is just riding enormous at the moment. He can't, he's like Shin and just can't really ride a bad one. So yeah. I think that's a great bet. Yep, he is um, one of sub the best. Rising. What was that? Oh, he is one of the best at the moment for sure. He is, yeah, he's killing it. So Sub Rising is a black booker of ours. Now that horse is what? What are we at? About twenty bucks. I got, yeah, I've only got 18 here, yeah. There you go. So you got, I think it's Sports Bound, so Labrocks have 20. Yep. So the Black Booker of ours, so this horse was, remember, out the back in that um, race won by Oz Empress, where uh, the Perfect Boom, Dystonic uh, Boom, sorry, and Poifect were in second and third. Now, this horse was out the back um, in no man's territory and absolutely rocketed through to the line. Now, ironically, the sire of this horse is called Needs Further, which is quite funny. So yeah. I think this horse will be really appreciate stepping up in trip. I don't mind the barrier for a barrier 11 for the horse. So it's not going to be searching for gaps. So it can kind of peel wide and really finish off with a big boom. So if you're putting a gun to my head, I will probably have two small bets, one on, on sub rising and one on no dashy in this race. Yep. Absolutely. Love the sound of that. Now, next race, race five. Yeah, so this is a, a nice little nifty field. So this is the Dane Hill. So for three three-year-olds there, so step weights and penalties. So these horses are probably heading towards the Coolmore there on Derby Day, which is that kind of stallion-making straight race there. Now, having a look through this, there's, I think, one one filly in this race in Stretton Angel. So she's a really good horse, which will – oh, and Treasure Way. 
Treasure Yeah, Treasure Way as well. So um, it's an interesting tactical affair because this is a relatively small field, particularly Barber and Mexico now coming out. So the speed map I have is um, Horror, whatever it's called, on a galore, probably leading from Cigar Flick with Libertad kind of crossing over from Barry 11. Now, I will make a case that I don't want anyone to bet into this race now because have a look at how race one and two run because the jockeys will be trying to find the best um place down down the straight for, for running so look for those horses that are drawn wide that stick wide and see if they run on and then also look for horses drawn inwards or are they coming up the middle because that'll kind of dictate things because it'll be interesting to see what happens with this field whether they split or, or stay in a bunch now when you look at it from a betting perspective, I think I'm unstoppable has the biggest turn of foot of all these. So if they stick kind of together and he has the opportunity to peer wide, I think he's going to have Archo nah, Nacho's measure. So if you go watch that replay there in the Poseidon stakes, um, the race was led up by, I can't remember who it was, maybe the instructor, but I'm unstoppable and Archo Nacho were going toe to toe. And then Archo goes up the inside, gets the clear running to the line and builds through his gears. Kind of, I am Stopper was kind of left a bit flat-footed and then got clear air around the outside of that leader and rocketed through the line. So I think stepping up in trip is probably going to be more in I am Unstoppable's favour. Um, Stretton Angel is a really good horse, and I know Philip Stokes has a great opinion of it. So I think... It gets a jockey upgrade now, not to discount Jamie Carr. We know she's world-class, but I think Damien Lane's in better form than her. Gets a jockey upgrade. I think stepping back up to in trip to the to 1,200 will suit the horse with its big, booming finish, and I think it's going to be a real good chance as well. Now, would you say, um, if listen, if you're an owner of Kandinsky Abstract, I know it's only been three mm-hmm. races, but uh, $3 million horse, would you be st- – a little concerned mm, let's wait and see because remember what happened with home affairs remember how he was that big big coolmore horse that really didn't do anything until he found out what to do and then he put on that ridiculous figure remember where he beat nature strip down the straight yeah yep i remember so that. i know that i've been very critical of this horse saying it probably won't win another race this prep but i don't know what the horse is going to do when he actually knows what to do like, we got to yeah. remember three starts. Like, he's going to be very immature. He's obviously he's clearly got ability because he's running in these group races. But whether or not he's going to find it this prep or not, let's wait and see. Yeah, so you reckon he, he could just jump out of the ground one day? You never know. Well, then you got to look at, like, remember when um, Merchant Navy was getting around? So it won a first couple of races, like Maidens and low-grade low handicaps. It then went to the big boys at Caulfield and, and all that and got battered and bruised. But then it took it down the straight and it absolutely blitzed them. So they're aiming. They need the big stud deal because they've obviously paid, what, $3 million for this horse. Coolmore probably, if he wins the Coolmore, he'll likely be offered $25, 30000000 Yeah. But then it ends up being a good investment. And the fact that J-Mac was the one that trialed, trialed, trialed um, back in May he then trialed it again in August, again in August, and then rode it in that Group 3 Dominico behind Libertad. Suggests to me that he's quite keen on the horse, and he think he has, I think he thinks it has ability. Yeah, or they just want him on it because everybody wants him. They want it to do good because it costs $3 million. 
Well, that's the other thing. It's like, why, if we've got a $3 million horse, why are we going to be targeting low-grade handicaps on a Wednesday at the Kensington? We've got to aim high and hope the, the horse just continues to step up. Yeah, I'd be getting a, a little, I couldn't help but be a little bit scared at this point. But um, yeah. anyway, moving on, not, that's no bets in that race, you reckon? No, nah, no bets. I think it's smoky in that race is going to be Don Corleone, but I because he's only got two lengths off militarized, one length off Charmstone. He actually beat Shinzo home in the in the Golden Rose, but there is a bit of a concern with fourteen hundred meters back to eleven hundred meters. Okay, now race seven, first leg of the Quaddy, twenty five hundred meters. The Bart Cummings. This is a very competitive race. It is if First Immortal does not get in the field. So you think first Immortal, oh, look at him. He's got barrier 20. That really doesn't worry me too much. Okay. So how I look at it this way with this race is first Immortal is it needs one more scratching to happen. So we've, um, oh, it's in the field now because Fancy Man came out. How good is right. that? It's in the field. So 3.30 favourite too. Yeah, just stand it out. You really, you, you're that keen on it. Well, that the figure that it put up in that BM78 carrying 63 kilos with Hugh Bowman on board at Caulfield was enormous. It drops nine kilos now. It's three from four at Flemington. It's one from one at the track and trip. It's absolutely airborne, this horse. And pit, find me a horse that I think can beat it. Um, now, these this serpentine, that's in the... Sorry, I like I like what you're saying, uh, but is this is this yeah. serpentine in the market for the Melbourne Cup, like up the top? Did I see that wrong? It'll be in there because it'll run the trip. It won. It won. Um, I think back in the day, forget what derby it was. I think it was the uh, won the Goodwill Cup. What did it win? There was a derby at one. Oh, the Epsom Derby. So it won the Epsom Derby over two thousand four hundred meters by about five lengths. It was then bought by um by <laughs> Lloyd Williams. Excuse me. Now, the Epsom Derby is regarded as one of the toughest derbies because it's primarily uphill. So to win it by five and a half lengths suggests to me the horse has got a shit ton of stamina. By Galileo, handles all um, handles all conditions. It's just, is he going to have be bothered up front with a horse like Goldman who's in three different races? I think he's nominated for the race um, after in, in the Turnbull. You've got future history will also kick up. Um, hopeful, we can also uh, kick up as well. The 151 shot, Sir also. So they're all from the same stable. It's one of those things we sit back and go, is there going to be a lot of annoying horses up there for it? Yeah. Now this uh, Goldman thing always seems to be in the market. Yeah, well, I guess it strung those wins together last prep. What do you, what yeah. do you think of it? I think it's building up to its fitness levels because obviously it kicked off its prep. It had those three trials leading up, and I didn't mind those trials there at um in Sydney. It then went to the Valley in that Fian, and I think it was hardly disgraced. It did cross the line with with Luna Flair. Um, wasn't too far behind Deny Knowledge and and forgot you. So I think it was never expected to run well. It then went to that Naturalism, which was won by Uncle Bryn. I didn't really like the race, but the horse was again there, so. I think he's just building up to, to get it because obviously we need to get, get 3,200 metres out of him. So I think it's a it's a really good 
good like I think it's a really good horse. I think he's getting the the right odds about him for sure. Yeah, I'm just looking back at his last win before he went for a spell and it was over twenty six hundred and he beat Solcom. By three lengths. Remember we were on? Oh, I can't remember it. <laughs> yeah, we were on. We took that we took those odds. Yeah, okay. Uh Virtuous Circle. Our old mate, yep. what do you think his chances are? Well, he's finally getting to a trip. He's as dour as all hell. Um, gets D-Lane, de- huge, huge tick. It's whether or not he's going to be running up to traffic with Barry Six because he's a get-back run-on horse. He'll probably need the entire Flemington straight just to wind up, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be leaving him out of your quaddy. Yeah, okay. So, first Immortal, would you be standing that out in the quaddy? Do you want to go risky or do you want to well, go sorry, conservative? Yeah, without leaving out and uh, not leaving out virtual circle. No, no, tell me what you reckon you'd do. I just stand uh, first and model out because he needs to get into – he needs a, a ticket. So this race, which is interestingly enough, is not a ballot exempt race for the Caulfield Cup, but it is for the Melbourne Cup. So what I'm thinking is that w- the connections are going, we need to get – we want to get into the Cup and we can sort out – the um, Caulfield Cup eventually, but they wanted to get in. So they're going for this race. And when you look at it, it's not a hugely talented field getting around. And I think it's just going to be a kill. And I think drawn out Barry 20, I really like it because I think you can sit behind the speed. So I think you've got obviously Goldman and Future History drawn inside, Sir Hubble's to Lucan and Serpentine. I feel like First Immortal's just going to blend in with them crossing and it'll probably sit in the first three or four pairs and then just peel down the outside. It's going to have um, the lengths on a horse like Virtuous Circle with a big finish where it can't really catch them. Okay. So I would stand him out. But if you want to play conservative, chuck two, four, six, seven, ten, fourteen, and sixteen. Now, I want to go wide in this if you're not confident because we're going short in other legs. All right. Okay. Sweet. So, next leg, race eight, the Turnbull Stakes. Yeah. Oh, now, look at this. Romantic Warriors here. Now, how I'm looking at this race is you've got two options. It's kind of like what we did with Imperatrice and Amelia's Jewel over the weekend. It's do you trust the, the, the trainer to have this horse wound up enough to win this race? Do you not have concerns about him not feeding for his first um, week or so before he got here? He's apparently eating fine now. Do you realise that he's probably not going to be fully wound up with the Cox Plate being his um, grand final? He's never had to go to a racetrack via a float because he's stabled at Chartin, and that's where he's only ever raced. He's going the different way around for the first, first time in his career. And this race isn't weight for age, which is what he's been running in. So he's conceding weight to horse like Luna Flair and giving him four kilos or five kilos. Sorry. Yeah, I think this Silver Spoon Hong Kong Hong Kongese horse is. Uh, I think he's going to have a bit of a blow in his hands here. So you're not keen on him? No, I'm not. Really? Okay. I'm not. Keen I on think. It. I think he's the best horse in this race. And if you're willing to put your hard earned on him at 220 with me voicing those concerns, awesome. Because I think he'll win the race. Do you think, um, like, how much better is that Hong Kong, Hong Kong form than ours? 
Well, he's look at the horses that have beaten him. So he's had what fourteen starts for ten wins. He's lost a golden sixty twice. Like widely regarded as Hong Kong's greatest ever horse. You've then been beaten by Russian Emperor, who was a wet track and was a wet track that day. And then he was beaten by California Spangle, who would probably be in the top three best horses in, in Hong Kong. Yeah. So, yeah. I. What's the if, deal with, like, Hong Kong horses coming over here and what's their success like? Well, that's the thing. We don't – we haven't really had any, if any. I can't even remember the last yeah, time I, we sent, they sent a horse out. Yeah, I can't think of many that I can remember either. Yeah, so – they're yeah, just, what's the need? Is there just so much money over there for them? There's no point. They all well, just yeah, stable them right. at Shartin and race them at Shartin. Well, they're going to win big bucks, exactly right, and they're not going to really have a huge amount of com- competition. Like Look, for that, think, yeah, for that reason alone, I'm laying this thing. Oh, really? Okay. Just, uh, stabled and only races at that one track. Yeah, man. I'm travel? laying it. I'm laying okay. It. Fuck it. There you go. So. I'll touch on other horses just so people get a good idea. I'm gonna, I'd be standing out Romantic Warrior because I think we'll get the track for him. I think he's, I loved his track gallop there at Flemington during the week. Um, he looks strong. He looks good. Um, I don't think he'd be fully wound up. The, the Cox Plate's obviously GF day, but I'm willing to take an 85% um, bit horse over anything in this field. And when you've got to look at it, 220 is the current odds, yeah? So you're looking yep. roughly at what dollar eighty for the rest of the field to knock it off. Yeah. So romantic, I think is he's a ripping chance. Gold trip was enormous first up in that BM hundred. He has actually one second up before. The concern for me is look what happened last prep when they gut busted him, leading up to all his races and he didn't perform. So. Are they going to have him fully wound up or do they just want to see him hit the line nicely, take him to the Caulfield Cup, then win that or be very competitive and then go on to, to defend his Melbourne Cup? Big thing. Now, West Wind Blows, one of the ones we spoke about. So I think he's favourite for the Caulfield Cup now. Um, has some really good form lines in the UK. So he's had form around Paddington, Dubai Honor, who we know has come out here and, and really performed. The problem is, and it's a massive, massive problem, He's got the Kieran McAvoy of the UK on board. Who's that? Jamie Spencer. He's an absolute pelican out here. He cannot uh, ride our tracks. Um, I don't like him on this horse. I think the horse has ability, but I don't think he's a romantic uh, warrior ability. Um, you've got Solcom, who is really good in that um, in that Underwood Stakes behind Alligator Blood, crossing the line with Dewis um, and Tuvalu. So I think he's really good. Doesn't lose anything with Williams. My concern is Barrier 2. Now, he's missed the start his last two two runs. Barrier 2, he's going to get buried, and he's going to be having to be looking for runs with that, particularly with this big field. So I don't have I don't like him there. Um, Ossipenko, I think, is a great horse. I think he's finally getting up to his trip of 2,000 metres, which I think is probably going to be his pet trip. He does get Oliver, though. Mm. Francisco Gardi, typical Waller. They won't try and win this race, but they'll want to see him finishing off really nicely. D-Lane on board and is drawn really nicely. Now, if we, for some unknown reason, the barrier, um, sorry, the, me- the Bureau of Meteorology gets it wrong 
and we have a huge downpour of rain or the the tracks in the soft seven heavy eight range, put El Bodegon in your black book. Um, sorry, in your quaddies. Okay. All right. Now everyone is potting it. You'll hear everyone saying he's gone, but he's strictly a wet track horse only. He's a little short in stature. He just doesn't have the capacity to go with these these bigger, stronger horses on fast ground, but put him on a wet deck and he just floats through it. So big thing, put him in. Okay. All right. So me personally for this quaddy, I would just be putting one in. So you might you'd be standing out first two legs of this quaddy. Yeah. Okay. And and to be honest, I'm gonna stand out in the next race as well. Okay, so race nine. Gilgon um, stakes. So if you want to play conservative, look at the horses in this race. All good horses, not questioning it. Star Patrol beat King of Sparta and Benedetta last start. Mm. Now take take her out Star Patrol out of this out of this field. What would they both start in this race? Pretty short, but Jigsaw's a bit of a weapon himself, right? Jigsaw is a bit of a weapon, and I, I, if you if you want to play conservative, you could put him in this as well. My worry is for him, twelve hundred meters first up. Yeah. So I consider him probably. He, I consider him like a very, very good, um, like thousand to eleven hundred meter horse. I think he's unbelievable. He's got good first up stats. I haven't looked at any jump outs yet, but he's a good horse. It's if you want to play it conservative, just one and two. Yep. Okay. Triple because I think Star Patrol was coming from? off surgery. He Star Patrol was coming back off off breathing surgery. He was enormous first up. He'll take immense benefit from it. He loves the straight track. He's got elite figures down there. He's one second up. I think he's a good horse, and I think he's he's rightly favourite. And I think I'd just send him out. Yep. All right. Okay. No arguments. Um, now, did you have numbers for the last leg of the quaddy? <laughs> You're gonna laugh at this. Yeah. Just number, just number five. <laughs> Tamerlane. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going absolutely bullish in this in this quaddy this week for me. Wow, that'd be amazing if you can pull that off. So, how I look at this thing with Tamerlane, <laughs> the horse ran in that Bill Ritchie there in in Sydney, um, over the fourteen hundred meters. Excuse me, was a really unlucky run, and that race was actually won by Redner, who went on to win the Epsom. Yeah. Okay. He then he's beaten, he's he's crossed the line with Converge. Obviously, was fat first up, so I'm not too stressed by that. Beat home Barbie Fox, who ran fourth in that ever uh, in that Epsom. Now the horse is scratched from a very winnable race in Sydney for this race, and it lands Damien Lane. Yeah, I like it. So, for me, Quaddy would be first leg 18, second leg 1, third leg 2, fourth leg 5, and probably put them all in a multi as well if you want to. Okay. Very bold. But if you, but if you, do, you want, do you want conservative numbers as well? Uh, if you want, yeah. Uh, three, four, five. 9, 11, 12. Just check and see if any of them have been scratched now. Okay, cool. Now, let's go to Rose Hill, but we've been going for 50 minutes now, so we might have to speed this one up. Well, we've only got two races at Rose Hill. 
Yeah, so what ones did you want to touch on there, if you only, only want to touch on two? So race, race five and race nine. So oh, okay. Rose Hill, yeah, so Rose Hill is playing how I want Randwick to be playing. So it's playing very nicely. Horses are winning from all positions. <laughs> the rail's in the true position, and there's no rainfall expected. So we're probably going to be running on a good deck, which is fantastic. Yeah, so osmosis in this race. Yeah, so this is this is there's two real there's three really good races. Well, there's two really good races and run one race that I want to just make a quick push for a horse. So <clears throat> step up in trip, roughly the same field as what um, Osmosis faced last start, except the addition of King's Gambit. Do you think the horse just wins? Osmosis. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I would have thought King's Gambit probably could give it a shake. Now King's Gambit, interesting enough, had a really nice. Um, like a what is he called a jump out or a run around? I don't forget what they even call them in there in Sydney. Uh, the exhibition gallop, sorry, with King of Sparta there and had um, Tom Berry on board. Both looked really good. Um, there at Warwick Farm. Yeah, I, think it was I Warwick mean Farm. we were we were hot on him last start when he failed as well. Yeah, so he sweated up and carried on like a colt, which is typical King's Gambit. But whether or not he he like if the temperature's like really like what's the temperature there because he's know. one of those horses that will sweat up like an absolute bitch. Probably be fucking so there, to Saturday be twelve to eighteen at Rose Hill, so he's not going to sweat up. So he'd be one that I'd be considering. And also Celestial Legend, even though we've got K Mac on board, was eating up ground off Osmosis. So don't be surprised if you see Osmosis drift if horses are running on and money comes from King Pierre, but it's Celestial Legend. Okay. Sweet. So, what are we going? We're going to race eight. Race eight, best bet of the day at Rose Hill. What do you got? Magic time. Where is he? Am I in race eight? Um, race nine. Sorry, not race eight. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, mate. Um. All right. Magic time. Now, what's this one? The the Nivison. The Nivison. So how I look at this, Magic Time raced around in that Aspora race, the other one first up. Now, Aspora came out and was really competitive against Imperatrice, who's just on another planet. Uh, Magic Time was really unlucky in that run. Now, it was a really slowly won race. It kind of sat wide and it came into like a bit of a sit and sprint and it just didn't uh, suit the horse. Aspora was fucking cruised in that didn't one. Didn't it? Now, the horse was one second up before. It's actually beaten uh, Paracel before. Now, we'd beat him in the China Horse Club PJ Bell Stakes and quite comfortably as well. Now, that was on a soft six deck. Oh, wow. Um, two, from two, tra- uh, two from two at the distance, one second up, drawn nicely, bit of speed up front, bit of pressure. Beggy. Nash Beggy. and Beggy, what a combo. There you go. Take the four bucks on offer or whatever you can take now. Yeah. Stand out in the corner. I love that combo. Nash and Beggy. Love it. Done. Love it. There you go. So take magic time. Best bet of the better best bet of the day at Rose Hill. Okay. Love it. Uh now you want to go to one at Eagle Farm? Race well, let's touch on race ten because you got your best value quickly in race ten. Race ten. Have yeah. a look who have a look who's on our horse, Diamond Dealer. Diamond Dealer's up here, huh? Um Race ten, number four. Oh, sorry, we're back in Sydney. Yeah, um, sorry. This is just a quick Farm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. You're going back there. Where is she? Oh, Nash again. Nash, Nash on Diamond Dealer only looks to be the only leader in this race. Take the nine bucks. There you go. Best value of the day. Yeah, I love that. 
definitely getting on some of that. Nash and yeah. Diamond Dealer is a fantastic, a fantastic mix, isn't it? So we're gonna we're going to go a Nash double there at Rose Hill as our bets. Yep, excellent. Now Eagle Farm race nine, you had a bet. Now one one race in Eagle Farm race nine. Now big big fan of this. Um, I like the horse Star of Chaos, the Tony Golan horse. Yep. So you go back and watch the race last start in a BM eighty five there at Eagle Farm. It was over the fifteen hundred meters. Now. The horse absolutely rocketed. It was flying. Now, Canadian, it just peaked on its run, couldn't run out 1,500 metres, and then was done by Indispensable and Canadian Dancer. Now, since the renovation, that was the fastest 1,500 metre race at Eagle Farm. They broke their track record. Yeah, okay. So the horse stays at 54 kilos. It gets Ben Thompson on board. I don't mind the barrier because I think it can cut across and I think it's a much speedier horse than its only danger in Preach. Preach comes out of a no Metro wins race at 1350 that beat Cronenberg, who's a 1600 meter, 1800 meter horse. The four miles just don't stack up. Ben Thompson versus CJ Graham. I think this horse is a moral. Yeah, I agree. Take it. I like that matchup. Steps back in trip. Perfect for it. One from one at track and distance. Loves the track. Distance record is all right. It's, I think it's immoral. Yeah, really like that matchup. Now, did you have a Friday tip for us? We'll put this We out. do. So we're going to the sunny coast, sunny Queensland, or hopefully. Horse in the first race at Sunshine Coast. It's a me. Yep, it's a me, Mario. Ah, oh, lovely. Great name. $3.50, you can get about that. Yeah, really like the horse. I thought it was really good first up. Um excuse me, a Doomman. He was dragged back from the wide barrier, class one, rocketed through the line, cops and really, really good late sectionals. Keeps the same jockey. I think the horse can sit a little bit closer in run. I think Gold Revolution will probably lead the race from Shot of Whiskey. And as long as it's me, is within striking distance, I think that 400 metres straight at Sunny Coast will be perfect for it. Okay, awesome. Love the Fridays. Um, that's about it from us, isn't it? That's it. All right, man. Thanks. Well, we've got a few bets uh, laid out in there for anyone who's listened and um, maybe a few more come the weekend, but uh, keep an eye on the Instagram, I guess. Love it. Thanks, bud. Okay, mate. Thanks. See ya. See ya.